You are listening to the North Shore 9 podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Starbucks. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, Jim Rosati. Jim, happy Monday. How you doing? I'm doing great. It is early, though. What's that? It's early, but I'm doing great. It is early. I couldn't get to sleep last night, and I don't know why. I couldn't get to sleep, and like once I was in the bed, I I couldn't go to sleep. I was the same way. I I couldn't fall asleep. Like I, once I went to bed, I just like laid there. Yeah, it was. Maybe it was just because I was so excited about the recent call ups. That's probably what it was. Think about it. Now, I mean, it's you like had you know, the same problem as I did. You know how on Christmas, like Christmas night, like kid, hard to go to sleep, all that stuff. Yes. Um, of course that could be what that could be kind of what it was last night so Ronzi Contreras is our Nintendo 64 is what you're saying yes Precisely. or maybe Yeri, maybe Yeri De Los Santos he's he's Griffey yeah <laughs> or GoldenEye one of the two is uh is good enough yeah yeah I can I can I can get with, with that because, yeah, I could not go to sleep. I was wide awake. I think I went to, honestly, like, I think I went to bed at, like, 2. That was that was about me, too. It was about 2. So, you know, I'm running on less than 5 hours of sleep. Because, again, I didn't actually go to sleep at 2. I went to bed at 2. Same. And go to sleep at 2. I was, uh, I recently, like, I don't know why I just now got around to it. But I just now downloaded the latest Out of the Park oh, yeah. game. Yeah. Right? So I was playing that like all, all night, and uh, I'm in the midst of a of a pirates rebuild, obviously. Well, <laughs> let what me I can critique tell you, you. What I can tell you, it's it's 2023 now. Um, still not good. Great. Good to know. Makes me happy about next year also. Because you know what? I can probably tell you that in real life, right? The 2023 Pirates is not going too well either. Just based off of 2022 Pirates. Because this team sucks. This team is terrible. It is atrocious. It's pretty much all I got to say about that. Um, I think I saw someone... I forget who it was. I want to give them credit, but I forget. But someone said the Pirates are on pace for the least amount of runs scored over a season for them since 1919. I don't doubt it. Like, that seems reasonable. But then you think about, like, how bad these teams were the past few years. And it still seems reasonable. And then at the same time, like, you look at the run differential now. Um, they are they are way last in the league now. They're at a minus eighty eight run differential. The Reds are the next closest team, and they're twenty four runs better. 
And remember like a few weeks ago when we were trolling the Reds about how terrible the Reds were? And it's like, you know what? The saving grace in the season right now at least is that we get to watch the Pirates face the Reds. Yep. That's where we're at right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as the standings go, the Pirates are not the worst team. They're better than the Cubs. No. They're the same as the Cubs. No. But they're better than the Reds, better than the Nationals, better than the Royals, better than the Tigers, right? But when it comes to run differential, Pirates are dead last and no one else is close. Now, granted, I'm not the biggest believer in run differential. I mean, I mean, it, it's, it's a stat. It has some weight to it. It's not the end-all, be-all, be-all, by all means. But also, in the same sentence, the Pirates did have a game that you attended, Jim, where they scored zero runs, and the Cubs scored 21 or 22? It was 21. 21. And it would have been zero runs yesterday if the Cardinals hadn't put in a position player. To be fair, yes, it would have. And to be fair, the Pirates did as well and gave up fours right. also. So it, it broke even. Yeah. Sure. But with that said, does that count toward, like, we all that shit that we give Yoshi, right? With no home runs. He had the one home run this season. Do we count that now? Like, do we say, oh, well, Yoshi it, has two home runs now on the season? Yeah, I guess it counts. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, one of Yoshi's two home runs is against Yadier Molina. So right. that tells you tells you how it's going for him. And then to be fair, Jack Sawinski's one other home run came from Yachty Molina as well. Yep. <laughs> uh, good for him, though. Good for you, Jack. You capitalized on it. You got you got to, I mean, listen, yep. you got to call up. You had a home run in Wrigley, right? The field, the, the city you grew up in, right? The team you fall in love with originally. And then you follow that up with a home run off of a Hall of Famer. So what a start to his career. That's, that's not often you get a home run off a Hall of Fame player. Yeah, I mean, so he's up to four home runs. <laughs> that's like third on this team, I feel like. But anyways, this team is awful. It's awful. I mean, listen, I'm not going to go too deep. We've had our critiques on NS9 Live Thursday, right? Well, I should say Friday it came out. So I, I got a lot of my criticism out. I'm not going to go too much deeper into it. Though Josh Van Meter, two more starts in this series. I just don't understand it. Josh Van Meter, two more starts. Not appearances, not times in the in the lineup. Two more starts. Vogelbach, Cero. So Vogelbach was apparently banged up. Okay. Why he didn't play. So he, um, he was available to pinch hit. He was available to pinch hit, but they didn't want him like playing a full game. That's what Shelton said. Um, so I guess I kind of I understand that. He probably got banged up from the triple. Like he, he, he hit the triple and then he, was, he needed a few days to recover. <laughs> he was still out of breath. <laughs> it's like it's like me and softball, like once I play a softball game, like I'm, I can't do anything the next day. Right. I'm so sore. I mean, that's so why he couldn't even complete that's, that's the run to, to like. home plate and the tag mm -hmm. up. He just stopped three fourths of the way there. Yeah. <laughs> that might be what it's from. Um, but no, I mean, you look at this team now, and especially now that Roberto Perez is out for the year, like if you can, like this, this lineup 
it's bad. It is not good at all. Um, he, Brian Hayes is, is playing well, like above average hitting wise this year, which mm-hmm. is good. Um, I will say another error though, for Hayes yesterday, kind of crazy. Um, is well, I'm not, con- I'm not worried, not worried about Hayes. So not worried, whatsoever. but like, is that concerning? Are we at the, it's like, definitely... it's April 27th, Brian Reynolds concerned at all? No, no, no not, not concerned whatsoever. Not concerned whatsoever. Um, Reynolds, hopefully heating up a little bit. You know, he's got his he's got his weighted runs created plus back above a hundred. But again, like it needs to be better. It's just this lineup. It's so bad. It's so bad. Chavis Chavis is on fire again. But again, I think like. You don't want to play Chavis. Like people are saying, like play Chavis every day, and I get that. Like I mean, you might as well at this point. But I think that also might expose him. Like he's not the best against righties. Um, he's mm-hmm. he's really good against lefties. You know, you probably want to pick and choose his starts instead of putting him out there every day, because I don't think he is an everyday player. Ben Gamble is going to provide you a quality. Ross, like, but, but like you look at this lineup and, and like five through nine every day, five through nine is just bad. Like but, they can pretty much put together a solid one, two, three, four after that. But don't worry, nothing. Jim, don't worry. Now you got banged up a little bit already again, but Kevin Newman is on the way. So. We're going to be okay. <laughs> but it, it thing is, you're right. You're just absolutely right. Like, it's it's top-heavy, and it's not as if, like, the top-heavy is elite. It's it's great. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's been struggling all year in Brian Reynolds. We're talking about a guy who, if he gets in the air, he can hit his first home run in Cabrian Hayes. I mean, yes, you're excited about Cabrian Hayes. Like you have Brian Reynolds, but, like, they have their faults, too, as far as the lineup goes. Like, Daniel Vogelbach is a complete surprise on what he's doing. Chavis, we were gunning on, why is he going to make the roster coming out of spring with how awful he looked? And and I'm with you too. So one thing I want to say about Chavis, um, I, I believe in the end, he's exactly what you said. And if he can be that also, by the way, if he can be that person, that was a huge win on that trade. I mean, for Austin Bryce, yeah. you like, that's that's huge. If, if Chavis can just become that, right? So I want to put that out there. But I do believe that would be the case for him. However, I'm going on like the Will Crow effect here. I'm going to give him every opportunity to prove me that he is. You know, like I'm going to let him play against righties all the time. I'm I'm gonna I want I I am. I mean, Derek Shelton disagrees to an extent because Josh Van Meter needs to be in the all lineup. But I am giving Michael Chavis, like every opportunity, I'm treating him like an everyday player until it's July, until it's August. And now, I mean, he's showing me like he just can't be that because we're almost into June already. And he's got a 131 way to run credit plus. I mean, he's just, he's looking really good. There's no reason to not play him. So I'm going to give him every opportunity to prove to me that that is what he is. And then we'll go ahead and continue to play him as such into the future. Um, so that's where I stand. So no, that makes and sense. this lineup, I mean, it's starving. Like it needs players. So 
Like, oh, he's not good on righties. Okay, well, who is? So put him in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm good with that. He's better against righties than Josh Van Meter. Correct. Actually, yes, he is. Yes, you are. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I just want to make sure because I, I thought I looked that up yesterday just to confirm something. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's not that difficult to. Like, if Josh Van Meter is the bar, the answer is always yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm good with that. Um, I'm also like I'd, I'd like to see them go back to playing three outfielders. I think there were too many times last week where you know we saw Diego Castillo out there. When was it on Saturday? The Cardinals scored a run on that sacrifice fly. Yep, yep. And it was two hundred. It went two hundred and two hundred and nine feet. Actually, no, that was it was yesterday. It was, was early it in the game, so I think it was early. <laughs> yesterday's game was so long. I literally well, first off, it was long, like in amount of time. I remember looking at my watch, and it was the top of the second inning with nobody out, and the game was like an hour into it. Like so, Bryce Wilson did us no favors there. Um, but yeah, like, why are we? I, I I don't understand this fascination with like and we talked about it last week, like playing players out of their position. Like we so we're now seeing we're seeing Ben Gamble take. Grounders at first base. We're throwing Diego Castillo in right field because we need to apparently get Josh Van Meter into the lineup um, or you know, whatever. Rodolfo Castro is playing shortstop too, and he's not like he's not a short shortstop. He doesn't play shortstop. Oh, I don't know, understand why. I don't understand why Rodolfo Castro is our shortstop. Um, so like this team is just. It's bad on like every facet of the game. They can't hit, they can't pitch, they can't field. And the fielding part, I feel like could be solved if you just like actually played players where they're good. It's all self-imposed. Yeah. I, Which again, I like I just boggles me. It. That was the one thing that it's not like they were good. It's not as if Ben Charrington put together a fantastic defensive team like the past two years, but it's like the guys that he brought in, you could say the bats were terrible. But you saw defense behind it, and it made sense. Like the defense is going to help the pitching. Like Ben Charrington seemed to make a point that he's going to improve the defense. And this year, they're just sabotaging it. Yeah, I, I I don't get it. And like I said, if you're if you're playing like both Castillo and Castro, like why don't you play the guy at shortstop who's played shortstop? Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, and Castro, Castro, I think has. Castro's like 40 innings in the minors. It, like it's something like he he plays there like if he has to. Um yeah, minor league shortstops. Okay, he's got more than that. But in the past few years, it, it hasn't been a lot. Like in, in Altoona last year, he played four games at shortstop. In Indy, he played three. This year he's played five games at shortstop. He's played more games of shortstop in the majors this year than he's played in the minors the last two years combined. So can I ask you something? And I know the answer. I mean, this is clearly rhetorical, right? Because it's a question from me coming out. So how come every player on this Pirates major league team can play a position for the first time and learn it at the major league level? And we can have this atrocious defense 
all around. However, your top prospect has to stay in AAA because they need to learn a new position. I just don't get it. Again, like, and that was the reasonings there. You can argue now that he doesn't deserve the call because of his performance, because of his batting average, because of how he looks today. But on April 9th, or whatever, actually before then, whatever date it was, they actually sent him down and gave you that story about how he has to learn the outfield and they work on things. How come we can do this for every other player at the major league level? And on the same sense, how come every other major leaguer pitching, a major league pitcher, can pitch three innings? But Contreras can't. <laughs> well, I was just about to tell you, the reason why Cruz is down there is the same reason why Contreras had to go down to exactly. get stretched out. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we're well past that has, date has, as well, that both of them can be yeah. here. We're past the date both of them can be here to not accumulate a full year of service time. We are not past the date of the Super 2 yet. We're also That's not past the date where money. you call up O'Neill Cruz and he goes off and he can still win Rookie of the Year. And then you're screwed anyways. Well, that, that, We're not okay. past that date. That Yeah. <laughs> that date is... Uh... <laughs> Again, it just it sucks because it's just money. It's just that you can the years are fine now. The years are locked. It's just during those years they could be cheaper now for Cruz and Contreras. And it, again, it goes now to the fact that you're you're kind of rooting against your player. Like you don't want him to get rookie of the year if you call him up. So the safe thing to do is just go ahead and just keep him down there so he doesn't give that opportunity. That's yeah. I think they're they're think they're like waiting a little. Like they they need say a Suzuki probably to get a little bit. Stronger hold. Again. That's what they're they're waiting for. There's once Seiya goes off a little bit, then they they'll feel comfortable calling up Cruz. Well, it's still two. You need who's the, who's the second yeah, guy? That's true. Then and and well, Contreras is already called up. Or you, oh, it's top two. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. So Suzuki's one. So who's the second guy that's going to slide in and be in the top two for rookie of the year voting to take Cruz out? I mean the AL it's stacked. So I can I can understand yeah. if we were in the AL, that'd be no problem. But for the NL, it's not um, as stacked. Oh, Mackenzie Gore's how's tearing it up. Mackenzie Gore, Joey Bart. Um, Dang. I'm not sure how he's doing. He's <laughs> doing okay. Yeah. But you know, um, Nolan Gorman, maybe, you know. We're watching the Cardinals, a team that we're hoping to catch up today. That's right. And uh they call up all of their fun prospects this weekend. That was fun. You know, seeing Matthew Libertor make his debut, seeing Nolan Gorman make his debut. And then see like seven different relief pitchers that just all for a 103. <laughs> They're all like 23 years old. Pirates couldn't figure and then out. the guy who and then the guy who comes in yesterday and throws five scoreless innings against us. He's a 24 year old not even on any of their prospect lists. He just comes up randomly and just shuts us down. After a four-pitch outing for Matt, so there's plenty of time for prep. <laughs> I think this is this is kind of like what I'm like mostly worried about. It's like you look at the rebuild and you're like, okay, we, we, we're, we're, we're sucking right now. The goal is that we're going to be good down the road. But then you look at a team like the Cardinals – 
and you look at the talent that they already have, mm-hmm. and we, we won't talk about their the, the guys that are going to retire. Like, they're going to be gone, right? But, like, you look at the rest of that team. A lot of young guys. A lot of good young guys. And then it just seems like every single player, like, if they ever need somebody, there's just someone there that they can call up, and he comes up, and he gets the job done. Like, it's just – it's – it pains me because I hate them so much. But like, are the St. Louis Cardinals the best run organization yes. in Major League Baseball? Uh, like, yes, they have to be, right? They're just every yeah. year, year after year, churn out homegrown talent, and at the same time, like they can spend some money, right? But they're not the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Mets, right? Right. right. You know, they're 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 maybe above average when it comes to like a market or maybe average. Um, but like <clears throat> they're just so good at developing talent that when they need somebody, there's someone there, there's someone there who's ready to play and they can get plugged in. And so like, we, I'm talking about this rebuild, like, <clears throat> all right, hope one day, I think we can, you know, you, you start piecing together like what this team could look like. And then you look at the Cardinals and you're like, how are we ever going to be this good? Like, how are we ever going to be better than the Cardinals? That's my question. Because I don't see how it's, I don't see, I don't see it on the horizon at all. Yeah. I'm not there yet to a point the Cardinals will be better than the Pirates, but it's, it's fair to say. And that is because what you just stated has been happening for years. It's not as if like lately the, the Cardinals are churning out these players. I mean, they, they are like, the New England Patriots, more or less, you know, like next guy up and he performs and he becomes a star and that's just the Cardinals. So like you said, like the best run team, I mean, you look at the the Patriots, I mean, maybe it was more Tom Brady than we thought, who knows, whatever. But regardless, like in that whole tenure of Brady Belichick, I mean, that team was just always good and it didn't matter who was there and on the team. Right. So that's like the Cardinals. I mean, sure. They have a few stars they bring in here and there. But for the most part, it's just like these guys that you never heard of, right? They come up with the prospects. They they just, just they reform. And it's always against the Pirates. Uh, you know, and then shout out to Hammer and Hank. He saw it on Twitter. He's like, does every team call up the rookie against the Pirates like on purpose? And I feel like that might be it. <laughs> like they just pencil in like, here's the Pirates. So that's the date we'll call you guys up because what a better start to your career than a guaranteed high note, especially when it comes to the pitching. Like, I feel like that's been the Pirates' MO. The rookie pitcher comes up. Yeah. The Pirates can't figure him out. I mean, I know they got to Libertory a little bit, um, but that seems to be the MO. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But, again, like, back to the Cardinals and comparing. I'm not ready to, to go there yet. And I, this isn't the show for it. It's probably going to be maybe Thursday show or some sometime coming up. Because this past Thursday is kind of – lead it to it too but like there's there's definitely concerns about this rebuild there absolutely is concerns about this rebuild my biggest one this offseason was the fact that the cubs have just basically not rebuilt i mean i know they're not good but they've went out there they got some free agents they're, they're, they're building right and you could see the cubs leap the pirates in terms of rebuilding right become good again quicker the cardinals you mentioned are still just there like the brewers are still good so what is going to become of the Pirates in two, three years from now? Don't know. 
but we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Let's focus today on this the, the, the big start to the rebuild, which is this probably yeah. is going to be Contreras's stay. We know it got called up, few some innings, sent back down. At this point, there's probably no reason to send him back down unless it's to like limit innings, right? So it's not to manipulate service too much in that sense, but like a true reason of sending him down. He should be here to stay. Does that sound fair? I think that's fair. I could see a situation where like they they have a set amount of innings in mind, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, that they want him to pitch this year. And if if he hits it, then you know that's that's kind of where he gets sent down. Um, but no, I mean they're calling him up right now because one, they they need they need a starting pitcher. Like they need one bad. <laughs> um and he's he's earned it. He's he's you could argue he's the best pitcher in the organization right now, and he hasn't been on the major league team. So let's give him a chance here. So we've been clamoring for time. We're saying how many times do we have to sit through these starts from terrible players um, while Ronsi is just cooking in AAA, getting extended, whatever that means, right? Because our starters up here only go one inning and two-thirds, so like, who cares? <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm excited. He uh, he's, he's getting the call. I don't know when like the actual roster move will be made because I think he just pitched Tuesday. He? So Tuesday there's a TBA and Tuesday would be next next scheduled start apparently. Okay, so so Tuesday is when he'll he'll get his start then. Um, yeah, I mean I'm excited. <laughs> We've been clamoring for him for a while. They're finally calling him up. Um, he absolutely deserves to be on the team, absolutely deserves to be in the starting rotation, and I want to see him start. Those will be much more interesting games to watch than um, piggybacking Dylan Peters with Zach Thompson or you know, seeing Bryce Wilson go out there and start again for the you know, for the eighth time and him just not be able to miss bats whatsoever. Well, so yeah, I'm he can't, he can't miss all four. And I'll put this like, yes, for the fans, this will be very, very exciting because not only is this like injection of some of the youth, right? The prospects, which you it's want like to the see. Fir- it's like the first one. Like, this is like the first guy who's arriving, right? I mean, if you look at, like, we see, we're, we saw Diego Castillo come up, but like, Diego Castillo isn't who we were all looking right. to take over a position or anything. Right. Like it, it's like if Diego can turn into a serviceable major leaguer and be a good utility guy, cool. That's, that's his ceiling. Right. Um, we're talking about like impact players who can be a, an integral part of the next good pirates team. Contreras is that first guy who is arriving. Yep. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Like, this is the first guy. This is the guy who comes from the Tyone trade. I mean, I guess technically speaking, in like the window from when Charrington started, you could you could say Cabrian Hayes was the first since he was like the first Uber prospect. But that's like also like a Huntington guy. This is also like the first Charrington guy as well. Like, this is Charrington's like stamp on the organization. Like, this came from the Tyone trade. Here's Ronzi Contreras. Let's see what he has. And we've seen so far, like every 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 check mark's been. Every box has been checked, right? Through the minors, even his little stint in the majors, like it's looked good so far. So this is the first injection of like this rebuild. 
right? This churning of the roster. And so, yes, it's exciting for the fans for that sense. It's also exciting because this is like the first starting pitcher that probably should be competent. That's the floor. We're not saying that this is going to be like an exciting starting pitcher. We're just saying like this one is going to actually be competent. He's going to be able to start games. That that's like that's enough for us to just yeah no be content and, with. I mean the and, and I don't think I don't think Contreras is someone who will be like an ace type pitcher. You know, if you're thinking like aces, like legit aces, mm-hmm. I still don't think Contreras is that guy. But like you mentioned someone like Jamison Tyone, right? Like Jamison Tyone is probably a really solid number two to number three major league starter, right? Um, like I feel like that's what Contreras could be. And and to this team, this team doesn't even have any competent number five starters, really, for what I'm you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, Quintana, maybe <laughs> that's it. Um it's gonna be a big improvement. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like someone that you can hopefully like rely on to go out there and, and give you some innings and give you a chance to win baseball games, uh, game after game. That's what we're excited to see here. Um, again, I, I, I know like a lot of people are like, he's, he's going to be an ace. I don't think he's like an ace guy, but he has, he has a chance to be pretty good. And the one thing, too, you can argue ace, ace, ace. Like, that term gets thrown around so much, right? Like This guy, is this guy an ace? Is this guy an ace? Is this guy an ace? Here's the thing. It's the Pittsburgh Pirates. You know what I just want? You know what this team needs? Quality arms. Like, can he be good? I don't care if he's an ace at this point in time. If he's not, we can have the argument. Like, can he actually be a good quality arm? Because as we talked about this last on this last show Thursday, like this team needs quality pitching, and the the farm looks pretty bare in that sense. So if he can give you, I don't care if he's you, if you call him a number one, a number two, even number three. Like, can he be good? That's the start. Like, that's where we need to start on this club. So that's what this team's going to see. So like again, like as a fan perspective, you're excited, but also like as the players go, and even God, like the bullpen. Think about the bullpen right now. Seeing Contreras come up. Like now, forty percent of your rotation should be competent, and again, that's the bar. Two out of the five starts, you're looking back in, a, in the if you're in the bullpen, right, and saying like, "Hey, you know what? Maybe these guys could probably go four and five. Hell, maybe six. Maybe we'll see a seven inning start, right?" Yeah. The other three, we're working our ass off for, but like for at least two starts out of the five. We can kind of sit back and look like a normal major league baseball team. Mm-hmm. We not might win, you know, probably not going to win the games, but regardless, like I can kind of sit back and be normal in that sense. So, like as a team too, like that's kind of exciting for the players. Oh yeah, I mean, you, I can't imagine it's fun for the players. I mean, I, I know it's not fun for the players because I've been a part of games like that in in my life, and it's not fun to be out there first off in the field when your pitcher is just getting shelled, you know, and you're, you're losing 18 to nothing, right? That's not fun. No. Um, as far as the bullpen goes, yeah, they probably would rather not pitch seven innings a game or six innings a game. You know, if they can, if they can pitch three or four there, that would be, that would be great. And all of a sudden, once that happens, your bullpen becomes good. 
Right. That's the other thing too. Like the less your bullpen pitches, the better they're going to be. Um, the more your bullpen pitches, the worse they're going to be. So yeah, limit the amount of bullpen innings. And then, like you said, this is now another competent starter. It would be awesome if he just comes out right away and just guns the blazing and he's, he's just amazing. He's 22. So like, just kind of give him some time, but yeah, he, he should be good and you should expect him to be good. Um, Cause in my opinion, he's, he is the best pitcher in this organization. Uh, and uh, yeah, desperately need, desperately need him on this major league team. And like in the, in a the little bit of time, I mean, we're just talking about, you know, being good and such like in a little bit of time, when you consider triple a and the time in the majors, I mean, he's looked the part, you know, at least you can say that yeah. it's still to determine it's all small sample, you know, at the end of the year, he could have a four plus ERA or something. But like he has looked the part, so I'm hopeful on that. And right, like it would be really nice if he did come up, like you said, guns blazing, just looking like a very good starting pitcher, which I think he's capable of. And mm-hmm. I will say this: like it's this team's so bad, right? And starting pitching so bad that it might work in his favor too. That is, like if he has some struggles, it's still going to look so much better than other players that it looks and appears good. So that's like true. that could that's go true. in his favor. <laughs> like he has a five, like a five inning outing gives up four earned runs. And you're saying, well, he went five innings. Like that was a pretty good start. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that, that's actually true. Like he, he kind of can afford to go through a little bit of growing pains and still look better than everybody else. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so there you go. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm excited to see him. If Tuesday's that first start, I've got softball Tuesday, but, Hopefully I can try to figure out a way to, to catch some of that. Um, yeah. Cause again, like this, the other thing about this team and I was, I was talking, I, I keep forgetting who I'm, who I'm having these conversations with, but somebody on Twitter was like, it's not necessarily that this team's bad. It's that they're boring. Oh, like if they yeah. were bad, if they were bad and at least like interesting, it, you know, I wouldn't feel just like just terrible watching them and miserable. Uh, so, so hopefully Contreras can at least start sh- shifting that to, yeah, they're still going to be bad, but at least here's an interesting player to watch. <laughs> Cause right now, like we don't have, that. like, there's, there's a couple at bats that you want to see, but like when it's Yoshi van meter and, uh, and, and, and Michael Perez do up the next inning, like I, Whoever I'm the cool with just week. like, yeah, I'm cool with just like, you know, let's, let's maybe do the dishes or something. <laughs> do the dishes. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I, I I guess I get that. You know, it's it's not that they're bad, but not interesting. I mean, ultimately, bad's just bad. You don't want to watch it. I don't know what makes bad interesting also, because like Mitch Keller was supposed to be interesting too. He's been bad and like he was bad and, you know, you you didn't enjoy those performances, even though when I guess you could say it was interesting, <laughs> but the thing is, well, I guess so that's the, like, that, but that's the thing. Like you were still interested in like what Mitch Keller would do. So, I mean, it, you know, you're more in tune to a Mitch Keller start. I feel like than you are a Bryce Wilson start. Yeah. And, and maybe it's just, I guess the verbiage so for me, and it's just difference, but regardless, yeah. like I'm not really, if these guys are bad, like I'm not interested in them, but I'm, I'm more focused on what they're doing. Josh Vamer, I could care less. He sucks. And, He's going to suck. 
And here's the thing too, you know, like, like, listen, I, I, I pick on that person a lot and I said why, but I can't play baseball. I suck. So I just want to put it out there. Like it takes one to know one. So I can say that I can say that about Josh Van <laughs> because I suck. Okay. So I have all the reasons and the credentials that say that Josh Van Meter sucks at baseball as well. All right. You know so, what it's like. Yes. Okay. So I just want to put it out there <laughs> when I get questions. So he's terrible. So I don't have to focus on him. Like you said, when he's at bat, I can go wash the dishes. But if I know Cruz is up here, and even if he was batting 160 at the time, I'm still going to watch because I want to see the outcome. So I guess, you know, I might not be interested if he's bad all year long, but I'm still going to focus on it. So I guess that's that's good. And again, that comes down to Ben Charrington. Like he's flooded this major league team with talentless players. And that's why we're Absolutely. here. And you don't have to be here. You could have just not done that. But he did. Yeah, they could have maybe signed another outfielder or signed a middle infielder. And for the people that say or that too, like gotten well, another who, pitcher. Who would you have signed? The thing is literally anybody. Because someone as <laughs> terrible, right, as Jake Marisnik. Look what he's done to this team. Like, look how he's benefited. And he's not a good player. But Jake Marisnik on this team, you talk about him every time he's out there. Just because he's a competent outfielder. Like, we're talking about with pitching. Just because he can go five innings, you're you're talking about a pitcher. And just because this guy can play the outfield position, you're talking about him. So the people that will say, like, who would you have signed then? Well, honestly, literally anybody. Because that person would have made this team better at first base or a corner outfielder, or in the bullpen, or in a starting rotation. Because, again, that person who sucked and wasn't that good all this time is Jose Quintana. You know, like you look at him, oh, he's a cheap signing, whatever, and look what he's doing. So, really, anybody was good enough for me. Yeah. I mean, you look at you look at the two people they went outside the organization to bring in this offseason, and who they actually, like, spent dollars on. Not a lot of dollars, but some dollars. They have Vogelbach and Quintana. And both of those guys have made this team significantly better. To, to be fair, although holistically it still wasn't – the move was incomplete. They also spent money and did bring in Roberto Perez. And Perez oh, yeah, for yeah, that yeah, okay, time right. so, was okay. good. The incomplete part again, was yeah. he's just yeah. been a guy who's played, I think, more than what, 79 games once in his career, injured. So the incomplete part is you didn't also – provide insurance with that by signing another competent catcher right but regardless i'll I'll give at least during his time perez was performing well enough yeah he wasn't hitting great but he was providing good defense good value for out of the catching position Mm -hmm. um but no so i i I forgot about perez just because he's hurt but yeah so those three guys perez quintana vogelbach um i mean if you're looking at like overall war as a team Perez still ranks second among among hitters in war uh Vogelbach is sixth fifth despite having huge negative value defensively because he's a DH only um and then Quintana's the best been the best pitcher on the team so this like where would this team be if they hadn't gotten those guys they'd be so much worse uh so again like just that's all you need to do. Like pick up a couple other just people who are 
competent major leaguers and this team isn't as terrible like they're they're actually better and again you also didn't have to do like we're setting like that the that's the low yeah. bar you that's also the have low to bar. just do that yeah you could get a cj crone for two years 14 and a half million dollars and he could give you really really good offense opposed to yeah. and, and, and like the thing about this i was on board with signing um yoshi back Totally on board because I was intrigued. And at $4 yeah, million, who cares? I was too. And it worked yeah. out that Daniel Vogelbach, like, offensively is doing well. But the thing is, you ended up signing two DHs. And that's why you have Yoshi just playing terrible defense. And it didn't work out for him, obviously, at the bat. So, like, you sign Like, Daniel Vogelbach wasn't the correct signing, though that's the one that worked out and not Yoshi. Like, you should have also just signed, like, an actual real first baseman and put Yoshi at the DH where he belonged. And that would have been CJ Cron. And thing is like yeah i know vogelbach's working out in that sense but cj crone's way better than vogelbach right now and it could have been yo yeah. yoshi and and crone and, and you're looking pretty pretty good right now offensively i don't know if you're looking pretty pretty good oh okay no no so. i meant in that sense <laughs> like, with crone. you're you're doing yeah. better yeah you're doing better right okay no i get you not um, as a whole sorry not as a team <laughs> yeah no, uh, I, I get it. It's just, it's frustrating. It's real frustrating. Like, I mean, we're, we all knew what we were going into when it came to this rebuild, but I think again, just going back to it, we didn't, they didn't have to be terrible this year. They right. didn't have to be. They could have just been um, not good. They could have even been good. Like if they actually went out there and they put together like a $90 million payroll, which they're certainly capable of they're they had they have a chance to be good with a with 90 million dollar payroll and they're just not they're they're not they're bad they're bad they chose to be bad they didn't they didn't have to be this bad but they chose to and now we're seeing it and they're kind of becoming like a laughing stock again like how people were all laughing at the reds earlier this year People are laughing at the pirates. I mean, they We're they they back. It was eighteen to nothing yesterday. I saw a bunch of you know blue check marks on Twitter posting screenshots of the score and laughing at them. And now the, and then you have the Cardinals pitching Yadier Molina against yep. them while they have a lead. That's that's the ultimate. Like that's the ultimate embarrassment. You're losing to a team. And then they put in their catcher to pitch against you because you're losing by so much that they don't even feel like you're worthy of them throwing a pitcher on the mound. That's how bad and embarrassing you are. Now, I'll hand, that's becoming a real MLB issue. I understand. But, yeah. but I digress. Uh, you know. Well, the, um, the, uh, the real MLB but. issue is that there's too many teams Correct. who are completely fine with being shitty right and, and like the pirates the fact are just a, that a, a the position culprit. player pitching is is being celebrated the way that it is that's like that's a problem i, I get it and like, at first mm -hmm. it was it was a unique thing and it's it's something that's kind of cool like oh my god like this mm -hmm. position player but now it happens so often and and again it's it's not a good thing that it's happening it's really an embarrassment yeah. and the fact that it's happening so often 
is kind of embarrassing for the league because of like what you just stated. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't. See, it would be like, like in the if end. the Lakers had like the third string, <laughs> in, you know, like the number twelve yeah. guy in at halftime. That's bad. That's not. But good. he's still a basketball player. Well, uh, like, I know this isn't that's even like the closest I'm thinking. Like, okay, yeah. so like, so no, like if, I'm thinking if NFL, the Steelers had I'm the punter like, in at quarterback. That's what I'm talking quarter. about. So, like, if if you have the Steelers or the Steelers are either losing or winning by so much that they feel like it's not even worth their time to put a quarterback out there. Instead, they're like, you know what? Let's just have fun. Let's put Cam Hayward at quarterback. You know, we'll have the big guy run around. You can throw a few passes. Everybody will have a good time, right? Right. That's what it's like. That's that's what it's like. It's like, hey. You aren't even worth my time to throw out someone who this is his job. Like yep. we're just going to, we're going to let someone else do it who isn't even that. And it's just going to be funny for everybody because you suck so bad. <laughs> and the thing is, it happens on a weekly basis now. Like that's not that's good for time. the NFL. That's not good. So that's where we're at. So anyways, we'll move on from that part, but, but right. Yeah. Um, Let's just move on completely. Like, okay, so let's yeah. move on to Gary De Los Santos. <laughs> so he's yeah. also coming up. Gary De Los Santos. Let's talk yeah. about him because <clears throat> as much as Rones is going to help the bullpen, we actually also have some bullpen help here. So maybe some competent pitching on the way, both ends. So Gary De Los Santos coming up as well, having a fantastic start. He was a guy that we debated. I know you were definitely on board. I think I was kind of hesitant you know which way to go but protecting on the 40 man i think he was one that you protected right as you said yesterday i don't know if i don't know if i protected him but i definitely brought his name up in that like we need to think about it Mm -hmm. um because we've all seen the first people picked in roll five drafts are just talented relief pitchers because they're kind of easy to stow away right um so, yeah, I, I, I debated that, you know, De Los Santos was a guy who deserved to be protected over the offseason. But, I mean, really, so so he, this, this is probably a guy that a lot of people, we, we, you know who Rowan C. Contreras is. He's pitched in the majors. You watch his starts on, you know, the, the highlights of his starts. But Yeri De Los Santos, you probably don't know as much about, right? I mean, he's a, he's a relief pitcher. Like, he's been a reliever since 2017, um, in the minors mm-hmm. uh but you know you look at, at every step of the way he's performed well um he's you know he spent a lot of time in rookie ball you know he, he's he was uh i believe he is signed out of the dominican yeah right um but as far as results go very solid numbers in double a very solid numbers in triple a um fastball slider guy so just kind of your typical righty reliever uh he's going to come at you with like 95 on the fastball and then he's going to have the slider the slider there as kind of like his 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 wipeout pitch so uh both pitches are pretty solid um as far as like they're they're being graded he uh, is an okay strikeout guy strikes out at least a batter in inning throughout his minor league career. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see him. Um, I, I don't, I, I haven't necessarily watched him a lot. Like I've, I've seen the, the clips here and there for, of him, but not really someone who like I'm, I'm 
he's a relief pitcher, so it's not like must watch television or anything. But I feel like he's someone who can help out this team. Uh, like I said, he's had success at every level. And then the other thing too, I think I mentioned I mentioned it before we got on live here is uh, homegrown international signing, which we don't see these guys from the pitching position uh, pan out very often. I think Edgar Santana was like the first one of this century that we had. And I don't know if we've had another one. So De Los Santos might be number two yeah. when it comes to international pitching signings that have made the majors with the Pirates. I, I, don't, I can't think of anybody else other than, than Edgar Santana. Unless we're talking about like Nevaroskis and people like that. Yeah, Gary De Los Santos. I'm interested because this bullpen definitely needs some help. Definitely need some help. I'm, I'm curious to see what the, the move is here because there's going to have to be a 40-man roster decision um, and then obviously a, an active roster decision. And then they're, they got they, they have to actually trim the roster by another two people here soon. So there's going to be some cuts made. And, and so now it's just – there's definitely a lot of candidates. So I'm with you in the sense, too, like he's a relief pitcher. This isn't like Ronzi. Right. And I get it. But I'm certainly excited for the fact that he's having a really good year. You know, like you said, he's he's had a good solid career in the minor so far. And he's also right now coming up after having a very, very good start to his 2023 AAA season. So like right now, 1.72 ERA, 15.2 innings pitch. He's striking out 11 point eleven and a half batters per nine, only walking 1.15. You know, like like all the numbers are there. And again, we're talking about a pirates bullpen. That is just awful. So there's something you brought up before the show too, and maybe we can just kind of semi-discuss it right now. But like with him sliding up, like where does he fit in this bullpen then? So I mean, obviously we have David Bednar, who's the shutdown, just ultimate, ultimate reliever. Like he's the guy in this bullpen, right? You have Will Crow, who's like that multi-innings guy. You got Peters as like that multi-innings guy. So I guess Stratton's like next in line as you're looking at like, you know, high leverage, late innings. Does Davis Santos like just slide in like right there? Is it like Bednar? Bednar Stratton and Davis Santos? Santos now. <laughs> I mean, I, I I always think it's probably a good idea to start off relievers in like low leverage situations to kind of get their feet wet in the majors and then ease them into higher leverage situations. Like I don't I don't know if you want to have his major league debut be in the the eighth inning against you know, the four, five, six hitters in a lineup, right? Sure. Um, Which, again, that would be like Bednar or Stratton, basically. Yeah, but, I mean, the opportunity is certainly there for De Los Santos to seize to be a top three reliever in this bullpen. I mean, the the opportunity is there. Because right now, like you mentioned, it's Bednar and Stratton. Keith Hembree was supposed to be that third guy. He, He ain't that guy. No, <laughs> not that guy. You um, might be the guy that decisions, you know, made to get him on the team. Yeah. So Henry's not that guy. So, yeah, like I said, opportunities there. So I guess that's the good thing about a team like this is you have the opportunity. If he can come up and he can perform, then he gets that. He gets that spot. Like he, he becomes that, that late inning, higher leverage guy. Um, 
I, I, you know, I want to see him probably two or three times before we make that decision, but sure. And, and it seems like that's yeah. something that they pretty much do, you know, like you said, like most of the time yeah. they ease them in. So I, I can see that, but realistically speaking, like once he gets his feet wet, I couldn't see any reason that he can't be not so much also just because he's so good, which he is good right now, but it's like the Ronzi effect. Like you could just be okay and you stand out and he could just be okay. He's like the third best option in that sense. Um, yeah, by the way, I, mean, I just want to shout out Ethan yeah. corrected us. Ethan's always here for the news and updates. Uh, Dario Agrizal. He was also a homegrown pitcher. Dario Agrizal. Okay. So, yep. So De Los Santos would be third then in that list. Okay. Forgot about even that. at even at eight a.m. Ethan's Ethan's fact checking. <laughs> Man. <laughs> um. Okay, so I forgot about Agrizal. He, Same. That's he. He, uh, he was very memorable. So, oh, it must be why. It must be why I forgot about him. Yeah, he was one of those but, interesting uh, players too. <laughs> honestly, if they <laughs> heck, Agrizal probably be the third. Probably be the third best starter on this team. Yeah. Again, it doesn't mean anything. Bucko Mike would be oh, the best on this team. All right, but back to De Los Santos. Yes. Um, I think what's actually interesting about De Los Santos, I think he was a minor league free agent this year, and Ethan would know this one. And the Pirates actually had to like re-sign him as a minor league free agent. So they had to actually give him another deal like he his his my his original minor league deal ran out which is why i don't think he was technically rule five eligible gotcha well, i guess he became rule five eligible after the minor league deal yeah but, but yeah, he was a minor league free agent so it was one of those things where like if they didn't put him on the 40 man he was a free agent and then they re-signed him as a minor league free agent so there we go. That was nice. That's my Yeri De Los Santos story. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, he he's performed at every level up to this point. I'm curious to see how he does. I, I feel like this is something that we don't see often as Pirates fans, like relief pitching prospects. It's just something that like the team really doesn't do. Um, and I'm not like the relief pitching prospects are like the lowest on the totem pole, right? When it comes to prospects. But I feel like for the most part, as, as long as I can remember, you know, relievers have typically come from either outside the organization and they make a trade for them or they convert a starter to a reliever or they sign free agents or they pick up guys off the waiver wire, things like that. That's how this team is typically pieced together a bullpen there. We haven't really seen too many like relief prospects make their way through the system. Um, so He's been one and he's, he's been good. So let's see if he can just kind of continue that into, uh, into the majors. You bring up a good point. Now that you say that, cause yeah, I can't think cause you're right. I mean, that was no Huntington's demo. Like he just pieced together bullpens. So that's part of it. And I think it comes down to the same guy we talked about was like the last reliever Edgar Santana, <laughs> like as a prospect. You, you know that, you, was he yeah, like the so. last guy that I can think of? <laughs> like the last guy who who you like called up 
or who was a reliever. Right. Nevroskis, mm. maybe? Yeah. I guess like so it's, all, guys. it's the guy that we just brought up there originally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean you look at the the, the current bullpen. I don't think there's anybody on the current mm-hmm. bullpen who fits that mold. Um and I'm sure there's so, know, yeah, it's, a few it's, here snuck in that were memorable. Though. But right, like for it the is most interesting part, though. every yeah. reliever was like a reliever. Like the pirates haven't had too many of like you're gonna be a reliever and that's mm-hmm. your calling. It's like you said, it's they've been starters and then they've converted. Yeah. Whereas a team like the Cardinals, right? I feel like you they just constantly call up relief pitching prospects and they all get and they all throw 103, 102. They just grow on trees, apparently. Um, I feel like that's how they've done their bullpen, you know. Uh, so it's just it, it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, good point. But anyways. So we have Contreras, we have Dale Santos coming up. So some some relief for the team. Hopefully, it'll provide some good performances to help out the club. In that sense, good for the fans because, like you said, we're getting the first taste of like this turning of the roster, the rebuild, the first of the players to come up here, um, and to stay again. Hopefully, like this isn't just like. Contreras coming up to give us a few starts and go back down. Like this should be his time to stay. Um, with that said, I know we'll get cutting here shortly. Um, but, 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 but on top of these two, there's also been some really good performances. So just say mentioned O'Neill Cruz has been playing a lot better recently, especially yesterday. Also give credit credits due, you know, Mason Martin has been performing. There's certainly holes, the positions that they play. And both of the whole, like both positions that you want to consider O'Neill Cruz for, <laughs> outfield or shortstop. Um, right. So, like, is the time coming soon? I know we kind of talked about Cruz earlier. Um, so, maybe like focus more on Mason Martin. Like, what's your take on Martin? Is the time coming for him? Or should it be coming for him? I should say. Uh, yeah. I think I, I I am I am on board right now fully with let's see Mason Martin at first and let's see O'Neill Cruz at shortstop. Like I'm I'm fully fully aboard that train right now. I'm with you. I know this was brought up in like a spaces earlier, which was maybe now like three weeks ago since what it's May twenty third. Um, so yeah, I think it was like brought up three weeks ago, and at that point I was like, no, like pump the brakes a little bit. Mason Martin's having a good start, but still very limited plate appearances. And, you know, Yoshi's been bad, but also very limited. You know, like, let's let Yoshi play out a bit. Let, let's find out. I mean, I'm not going to give him three weeks and say, you're out of here. Let's give him some sample size, see what it is. At this point, we're kind of seeing what Yoshi is. Let's, again, not count that home run yesterday. It was a gift. If you go before that home run, it's been bad. And you brought it multiple times. And I'm not sure if right now it stands, which, again, because that home run, but his slugging was worse than Cole Tucker's, right? That's that's that was your big keynote the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. not good. Not from the power hitting first baseman that you thought you or were signing. Kai Tom, Kai Tom had a higher slugging last year than Yoshi has this year. Yeah, yeah. there you go. So I am now at that point. Like I'm now at that point where Mason Martin has had long enough in the minors. 
He still has a bit of the strikeout issue. Like I still have concerns, but I'm again, like I'm willing to find out. I can say that I don't believe he's going to, but it's not me stopping saying he can't go to the majors. I will gladly eat my words if he turns out to be good. This team needs him to be good, to be honest. So I'm now at the point, though, where he's had long enough in the minors. There's nothing to answer at first base in the majors right now. Because, again, you're not putting Vogelbach there. Like, he's a bad defender. Again, it's, it's telling that the Pirates have said, Yoshi, you're going to play first base. He's the best. <laughs> so I'm at the point too. Yeah. Like let's, let's make the decision. Yoshi's not it. it. This is the third team. Now you're finding out. He had a very nice stretch of the pirates last year. It's very intriguing. I was willing to, to, to buy into it and find out for $4 million. Right. Let's see if there's some legitimacy to this. It's not there. So let's make the move. Call up Mason Martin. Find out now what Mason Martin has. And One this, again, like, and I'm saying goes, this too. Like, I, I want to, yeah. I want to stress. I'm sorry. Like, I, I want to stress. I said this on Twitter yeah. a few times already. Like, I don't want to. You don't make moves like this for the fans. Like, I'm not calling up here because his team's so bad, and let's just see me. Like, there's an actual fundamental baseball reason. Like, he's to me now has had enough. He kind of is what he is. Let's and you know, there's still development in the majors. So let's put him in the majors. For actual baseball reasons, not just to give fans something to watch. Yeah, um, and and to kind of say the same thing, like Ben Sherrington just doubled down again yesterday on his whole "if you're in AAA, you're not a prospect" thing, right? So if you're in AAA and you're performing, you have an opportunity to help the team, and right now. Mason Martin's in AAA and he's performing. Mm -hmm. And not only is he performing in AAA, but the guy who's playing first base in the majors is not. Like he's not performing. So you have a situation here where you've got a major league first baseman who is underperforming and really just not not playing an acceptable form of the position. Like it's what Yoshi is doing right now. You cannot function as a major league team with a first baseman like that, like, and, and be, and be a, a, even just, even just a bad team. Like you can't, you can't have a first baseman do what Yoshi's doing. That's plain and simple. Um, and then you have Mason Martin in AAA who's performing. He's performing well. Yes. He still has his holes, right? Like we, we know about his, his fault and his major fault is the strikeouts, right? Like they're just, it's just going to happen. If Mason Martin gets another hundred plate appearances in AAA, is he all of a sudden going to fix his strikeout issue that he's had his entire minor league career? No, like that's who he is. He's a guy who strikes out a lot, but when he hits the ball, ball go far. <laughs> like that's, yes. that's it. Like that's who he is. Right. Um, so why don't we go ahead and say, Hey, Mason Martin, you've done everything you can do in the minors, which I wholeheartedly believe he has, like, there's nothing that Mason Martin is going to prove, you know, over the next three months or whatever in AAA that we don't already know. Like we know who Mason Martin is elite power contact issue. That's who he is not going to change. Now let's just see if that can translate to the major league level. Like, can that Will that play? Right. Let's find out. Because he's done everything so far. He he 
you can ask from him from a does he deserve it standpoint. He's sitting at 100 and uh, quick math, 183 AAA plate appearances, mm-hmm. 183 AAA plate appearances, has 11 home runs. So like, I mean, he's homering once every four games in AAA, right, over his AAA career. He led the minor leagues in home runs in 2019, which was like, you know, which would kind of put him on everybody's radar there. The guy, the guy has shown his power. So like, let's go ahead and say, all right, you have nothing else to prove in the minors. Let's see if this translates to the majors and if you can have success here. Um, because we have an opportunity for you. Like, first base is open right now. There's no one there doing anything. Let's give you a shot. That's where I'm at right now with Mason Martin. I don't really think having him stay in AAA any longer does, does him any good. I, said, I, I think at this point, like he is who he is. That's not going to change. He's not all of a sudden going to fix his strikeout issue. It He's going to strike out. Like we just need to accept that. It's just a matter of let's find out now if the power plays well enough that we can deal with the strikeouts. That's what that's. And, and, and this is the year that you like, do you want to find this out next year when it's like, all right, guys, we're going to hope all these prospects hit at the same time and we're going to call them all up and we're going to be good. Right. Let's not find this out. Let's not find out if Mason Martin sucks next year. Let's find out if he sucks right now because the team sucks. So you might as well say, okay, do we have something in Mason Martin or do we not? And then you can make a decision next off season when you actually want to put together a good team. All right. Do we have our first baseman? Is it Mason Martin? Do we roll with him or do we need to go outside the organization to find a first baseman? Like that's why like get these, make these decisions now. And we've got now what a hundred, we got a hundred more games this year. Play Mason Martin at first base. Oh dear Lord. <laughs> There's a hundred more games this year. Everything you said though, I, it, it, it's right now. I can't really add too much more value to what you said, but you're right. I just feel the same thing. He, we know he is what he is. There's definitely concerns about his profile. He's improved upon it a bit in AAA. Like it, you know, you would think like going from double A to triple A, maybe it gets exposed a little more. And it's been a it's been a bit actually better than it was last year. But it's still like in line, you know, like it's still not like it's this tremendous improvement. Now he's not like a big strikeout guy. So you would expect too, like when he goes to majors, there probably will be a jump. But right, like how much is the give and take? Is he still a productive player with the strikeouts? How much does he get exposed? Let's see it again. Like you said, he's in triple A now, he's had long enough for the whole MO of Charrington's whole tenure here, right? The development leagues is the double A. Once you're in triple A, you're ready. Well, he's been in triple A. He's been playing, performing well in triple A. So it's time. It's time. And the time is because he is still performing. And now I'm at the point too, where I'm ready to give up on Yoshi. It's been long enough. It just ain't there. So let's make it happen. All right. So I hope, I hope Mason Martin comes up here soon. And it'll obviously O'Neill Cruz. So, all right. Yeah, I mean, we've 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 talked about Neil Cruz. I think enough. Yeah, don't spend any time on him. But right. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully those two guys are next because the the team has positions for them. Like they, the major league team could utilize both of those players. And then there goes. And instead, you've got there goes Josh Van Meter. We're finally through with them. And instead, you've got Indianapolis Indians Twitter account trolling the Pirates, posting. O'Neill Cruz, Mason Martin, home runs, bat, you know, exit the Lowe's, 
little picture of of O'Neill Cruz checking his watch while he's rounding the base. Like, right. That might not be the graph like, of our show right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, come on, guys. Let's let's get with it. Right. All right. Well, we'll wrap up here. But yes, O'Neill is not here. However, Ronzi is. Let's take that for a win and enjoy it. Be something to be positive about. If that's the key word we want to use right now, right? Be positive about the Pirates. They're giving us something to be positive about. So let's take it. We can be miserable about the other 28 players on the team. (laughs) There you go. All right. Let's get out of here then. We'll wrap up. We'll see you guys later. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye. See you guys.